Oh, it seems that life ain't going right for you. But believe me, you're gonna pull through. Your lover found another, and he was your brother. But you'll have more fun with someone new. You're texting when you are all alone. You're our friends, and you're still on your phone. Stop and smell the flowers and put your phone down for an hour. Have a real conversation of your own. Enjoy yourself before you are dead. Your life is thinner than a thread. Don't wait for excitement to happen instead. Enjoy yourself before you are dead. You work your whole life in your dead sleep, your whole life. And you're dead, eat a bagel too fast, and you're dead. <laughs> There's so much work you feel you're being drowned. A vacation would be great if time was found, but toss a few things off your plate before you finally meet your fate. There's no vacation six feet under. Ground. You've been trying to lose some weight and do it now. You've finally figured out why, when, and how. But as you walk down toward the gym, a Taco Bell was just put in. So enjoy that gordita crunch, you gorgeous cow. Sometimes you just gotta have a gordita tacos, guys. They're delicious. You can have a whole pizza, it's fine, we only live once. I can do this part. I can, I can do it very classically, which is like, right. Or I can be like, I don't even know why I'm moving the mic. I like that way better too. Oh, why not just work all your life and slave away? Why not save your money to retirement day? My cousin Bobby never took a holiday And he never will because he died today Very sad Bye-bye, Bobby! Enjoy yourself before you are dead Your life is thinner than a thread Don't wait for excitement to happen instead Enjoy yourself before you are dead You fall off a cliff and you're dead sneeze then you're dead, you take my advice and go scuba diving under the Arctic shelf with a walrus family who mistakes you for a school of fish. <laughs> but luckily the walrus family takes you in as their own. <laughs> and when your walrus mother accidentally stabs you in the stomach with her walrus tusk, and you die, I apologize. Because you all took my advice And now you are dead Last time Enjoy yourself 
that was the comedian and musician Matt Griffo at the Green Mill. So it's that day of the year. It's that worst Chicago day of any Chicago year, depending on where you're sitting. If your job is hosting the paper machete in a public alehouse, as is my strange individual personal circumstance, you know that the Saturday before St. Patrick's Day is always inevitably the worst fucking show of the year. It's just, it, it just is. There's nothing you can do about it. You just have to gird your loins and brace yourself for the worst. Anything can happen on that Saturday. Any drunkards can come in off the street and make the show about themselves, you know. And this past year was by far the worst Saturday before St. Patty's Day in the 10-year history of the Paper Machete because it was also the first show that we shut down for the pandemic indefinitely. And as I'm sure you're aware, we have yet to reopen. That said, this special holiday podcast today feels slightly less desperate than some of the others in this series, as there are finally some glimmers of light at the end of what is finally, for the first time, really starting to feel like it was always the whole time, actually a proverbial tunnel <laughs> with potential light at the end of it. So, in the before times, one of the few bright spots of the Saturday before St. Patrick's Day, that parade Saturday, was a standing annual date with one of our favorite regulars who's also especially adept with Irish folk music. Now, from one of those times, here's Kate Adams. Thank you so much. I love being here. Um, and we're gonna sing a little sad one and then I'm gonna ask for your help with the second one. Um, this song, I'm going to tell you a little secret, it actually has a little bit of Scots Gaelic in it. But listen, if everyone in like Wrigleyville and River North is Irish this weekend, so is this song. So, it'll be fine.
That was the splendid Kate Adams. And this is the Paper Machete Audio Magazine, St. Patty's Day 2021. As I mentioned at the top, we just celebrated, and by, by that I mean whatever the opposite of celebrate is, we just opposite celebrated the one year anniversary of the Machete COVID shutdown. And also the rest of the country too, basically. Today we're going to be playing you some comedy and music from around that time, and we're going to try to be nostalgic in a way that is constructive and not self-pitying. <laughs> How's that sound? So, audiences at the last live machete last March had no idea they were about to have such a distinction. For all they knew, in fact, they were getting ready for St. Patty's Day celebrations the following weekend. As a special treat, we brought them, and we now bring you, advice from that impeccable Chicago manners columnist and gadfly raconteur, Maureen San Diego. Uh, first off, make some noise if you're Irish. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Okay, stay the fuck home Saturday. 
Or if you want to be productive, tell your conservative relatives Bernie Sanders is an Irish Jew. Get them wasted and take them to the polls. Um, I actually just came from the Bernie Sanders rally, no joke. Uh, it was fun, but they did throw out my poppers and my prop microphone at security. Uh, but I heard the most Bernie Sanders thing ever at the rally. I'd like to share it with you. <laughs> this old guy at the Bernie rally just went up to a couple of college students and said, hey, have you kids ever heard of Hacky Sack? <laughs> selling bootleg Bernie merch who he's voting for, and he said, none of your fucking business. <laughs> so it went pretty well, I'd say. But I'm not here to talk about Bounty Santas. I'm here to bash the St. Patrick's Day parade. You know, St. Patrick's Day observes the death of democracy. I'm sorry, St. Patrick. <laughs> the patron saint of Ireland and the Chicago St. Patrick's Day Parade, or as I like to call it, heterosexual pride, <laughs> celebrates bagpipes, Jameson in paper bags, and married couples from Naperville yelling at their kids to not talk to homeless people. St. <laughs> Patrick was known for ridding Ireland of snakes, and now, ironically enough, his descendants honor him by chugging 40s of Cobra and scream singing you too. In the name of Here's the thing. I don't think personally we are honoring Irish culture by pounding whiskey and getting corned beef diarrhea on St. Patrick's Day. You know why the, you know why the Chicago River on St. Patrick's Day becomes emerald, anybody? It's because at least 5,582 white bros named Garrett pissed their dehydrated green beer urine into it from the night before. <laughs> Fucking Garrett. St. Patrick's Day ruins Irish people's glowing reputation as a proud people that can hold their fucking liquor. That honor belongs to the Polish now. But mostly I feel, mostly I feel St. Patrick's Day is like if deep dish pizza were a holiday. And we all know what deep dish pizza represents. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> And I'm just tired of people who are an eighth Irish somehow thinking they're spicy white on St. Patrick's Day. March 17th is the only day of the year where anyone is generally, genuinely interested in what a white person's ethnicity is. And dear God, there's always that one Kathy O'Flanagan from Schaumburg at the St. Patrick's Day Parade that at the first opportunity they have will huskily whisper underneath her Pinot Grigio breath, you know, the Irish were slaves too. <laughs> Kathy, what the fuck are you talking about? Slaves of what? The spirit of the river dance? Go choke on some cocaine, Kathy, and by the way, the Irish, the Irish invented the name Kathy. And for that reason alone, they should all be canceled. Think about that the next time you, someone asks you to speak to a manager. So let's for a moment appreciate, let's for a moment appreciate, I don't wanna bash him. Let's for a moment appreciate 
what the Irish people have contributed to international cuisine. <laughs> nothing! They have contributed nothing! Irish food has as much seasoning as an empty can of grapefruit LaCroix. Now don't get it twisted. <laughs> I'm not up here to roast real Irish people, meaning people that were born in Ireland, okay? Not your grandma Susie on your paternal side that came here in 1922 with her big old baby popping Irish Catholic pussy. Okay. I can say that because I'm 1 16th Irish, okay? But the Irish have many wonderful things. They've contributed to culture, okay? They gave us Oscar Wilde, Samuel Beckett, Conan O'Brien, and Liam Neeson's rumored to be massive penis. Which tracks as Irish women have some fat asses. P-H-A-T fat, okay? I'm a 16th, I can, I can say that. But the Irish people have also contributed to some terrible things in modern culture, like Bobby Flay. The drunken casual use of the N-word. And not to mention Spider-Man the musical, which Bono wrote. <laughs> Fucking Bono. Bono is like that guy in your community college philosophy class that wears his sunglasses indoors and won't, any, won't let anyone else talk. Like, maybe I want to hear the Edge's opinion, Bono, you fucking rude piece of shit. <laughs> the Irish. Okay, listen, I do love Irish people. There's a lot to love. Irish people are like the emos of white people. Okay, they're manic depressive. They can't hold their liquor and they will not stop writing poetry. I like them. I'm just roasting Irish Chicagoans because I think nothing outweighs the abject horror that is St. Patrick's Day in Wrigleyville. Or, or as I like to call it, Rohypnol Heritage Day. <laughs> if aliens came to our planet on St. Patrick's Day in Wrigleyville specifically, they would think that the Irish language consisted of slurring, projectile vomiting, and calling your fiance Karen a cunt. They would also think flogging Molly is a thing. Flogging Molly is not a thing! Although, I do really wish that on St. Patrick's Day, Wrigleyville would just turn into the gangs of New York. <laughs> And instead of problematic white men just being normally racist, they would be prejudiced towards the rainbow of ivory beige that peppers my an ancestry and fight to the death. Okay, in closing, I know this speech makes it seem like I hate Irish people. And I do, no I don't. I don't, I don't. In fact, last year on St. Patrick's Day, I fucked an Irish guy visiting from Ireland. As... <laughs> Just wait. Because <laughs> I thought it would be endearing, 
we met in a blackout at Berlin nightclub on St. Patrick's Day. And he didn't even know it was St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I couldn't tell if he had a cute accent or Bell's palsy. I wanted to be, I wanted to be with the real Irish men to feel for once what it was like to have the motherland inside of me. But instead I didn't feel shit because his dick was the size of a fingerling potato. And I was so drunk I forgot his name 85 times. Don't feel sorry for me. <laughs> Spoiler alert, his name was Patrick. <laughs> and he didn't buy me an Uber home so the motherland can suck it! Thank you, that's my time. That was the one and only Maureen San Diego. Well, whether or not you're celebrating it as such this year, March 17th in Chicago is usually a pretty baller party holiday. To commemorate it as such, here's a set about partying hard in between comedy sets from the hilarious Janelle James. Hi. How you guys doing? Good, good. Always happy to be here. I'm all right. Had a little nap, right? In the Uber on the way over. Female driver, right? <laughs> That's when you can nap. When it's a woman, right? We all know that, right, ladies? Can't sleep when it's a man. We know that, right? You gotta. You gotta not only be awake, you gotta let him know that you're awake. You know what I mean? So posture. You gotta let him see the fucking whites. You know what I mean? Don't slip, you can't fucking. That kind of sucks, right? But you have to be so aware. I've only fallen asleep in a male driver. One time I remember it because it only happened once. And I was sleeping and you ever hear the, the law and order like chung chung, like in your head? <laughs> like it didn't happen in reality, but in my head it was loud and clear. Like my brain was like, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? And I woke up and sure enough, he was staring dead in my eyes in the rearview mirror, just the creepiest shit. And he didn't look away. Like he held my, my gaze and I had to give him like that fucking, that white man, you know, like, you know. The Jim Halpert, I had to give him the. <laughs> Don't murder me, you know. And uh, it was just so fucking creepy, man. It's not the dick in my mouth I'd be mad, most mad at. It's, uh, I mean, I'd definitely be mad about the dick, but I'd be most mad at the response that I know I would get once I tell everybody I woke up with a dick in my mouth. You know what I mean? And. You just know as soon as you tell people, you know, your family, your friends, what are they, what are they gonna say? Why'd you fall asleep? Exactly. <laughs> That's what everybody's gonna say. Why'd you fall asleep? And women, we're programmed to accept the fucking blame for everything men do. So I'd be like, you right, I sleep with my mouth open. What was I thinking? <laughs> Get it together, Janelle. <laughs> Sucks. I get, uh, 
I get harassed by men a lot. And I feel like when I talk about it, people either think I'm bragging or like the dudes are like, you're not that hot. And I know I'm not that hot. I have a fanny pack on, but uh, <laughs> it's not about like, and also hot is a lot of work, especially after 30. Like I checked out of that shit years ago. I haven't done a sit up in like 10 years. So I know that's not what it is. And but what I am is something even worse. Like, I am reasonably attractive. And that is <laughs> the worst thing to be. Reasonably attractive. It's the worst thing to be. Hot chicks are always like, nobody ever comes up to me. Reasonably attractive. I get this shit from everywhere. <laughs> Ugly dudes with high self-esteem for some reason. <laughs> the hot dudes think they doing me a favor. Like, they will not. I just leave me alone. <laughs> I live in uh, I live in New York, where there are dogs with better lives than me. But anyway, um, <laughs> that shit is kind of pissing me off. Like a dog wearing a fur vest told me to get my shit together uh, just recently. And uh, but anyway, New York. We have to walk everywhere, and it's like a goddamn obstacle course to get your fucking Cheetos when you're PMSing, and you gotta walk through all these fucking animals. Not the dogs, men. And it just sucks, because men say horrible shit to me. Like, it's very upsetting. Like, I'll tell you guys the worst shit a man has ever said to me on the streets of New York City. Y'all ready? Yeah. Whatever you think it is, it's worse. Uh, I'm walking down the street, a stranger, remember that, a stranger comes up to me and he says, you look like you got a juicy pussy. No salutations. No fucking, no fucking top of the morning, you know what I mean? I got something to say. You look like you got a juicy pussy. I'll never forget that shit. I'll never, cause sometimes I pee a little you know what I'm talking about. Don't try to act like that. Sometimes I pee a little. That's what I said. It happens sometimes to ladies. When you sneeze or laugh too hard, it, not all the time, sometimes. And I'm a giggler, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh shit, you know what I mean? And it's just, sometimes I pee a little. So I had to look down to make sure I didn't indeed have a juicy pussy. And when I looked and I didn't, I was very offended. <laughs> very, how dare you, sir? You know what I mean? I thought he was trying to help me out, like, hey, you got a little something, but no. <laughs> Just being gross. <laughs> Just being gross. <laughs> ah, I've had a, a good, uh, year career-wise, it just sucks because I'm kind of falling apart at the same time, like my knees are done. And they told me, uh, I just woke up one day and my knees was like, we done. So it just proves you can't have everything at the same time. You can't have a career and knees, ladies, get it together. It's just. <sighs> I'm, it's, it's whack, like 
getting old, it happens to everybody, but I feel like it's really fucking me. I feel like cause it's because I'm cool. You know what I mean? I feel like if you're cool, getting old hits you harder, you know? <laughs> right? Like if you've always been a loser in the house, 6 p.m. like every weekend, you're like, this is how I, li I thought life would go. You know what I mean? And <laughs> when you're cool and it's seven o'clock and you're tired, you're like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> like, what is happening? I'm so fucking tired. You know, I have all these heroin addicts now and they just, you know, nodding out everywhere on the corners. I see them and I'm looking at them and I'm like, that look like some good sleep right there. Like, I feel like I've been doing melatonin and so I need to do heroin, you know what I mean? Get these fucking Z's. <laughs> Jesus, I am exhausted, but other things are going good. I've toured, yeah, like, like he said, Amy Schumer, and I went with Chris Rock, and it's all been, ow! And it's all been, yes, I'm bragging. Um, it's been interesting because Hanging out with rich people is, what I've learned is, okay, let me think what I'm, I'm super blasted, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> it's been interesting because I've learned that even being rich adjacent, that's what I am, I'm not rich, I'm just, I'm just standing next to it like this, right? I'm the chick in the picture, you're like, who's that? And I'm right in the corner like, ah. that's me, standing. I'm a plus one, right? So it's taught me that being rich, that even being rich adjacent turns you into a fucking asshole. Like it is, I am such a bitch right now. Like if I had to get an Uber pool over here, I'd have killed everybody in this motherfucker. Like I just, I don't want the poor on me. You know what I mean? I just, it's, it's just, they, rich people just make up shit. Like I just saw stuff that I just, they're just so bored. I was like, we went to this hotel and it had a pillow menu. Do you guys know what that is? No, you don't. You in here, you're not rich. Um, none of you know what it is. <laughs> Go to this hotel and on the bed it has a pillow menu. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's a menu and it asks you, do you sleep on your back? Do you sleep on your side? Do you sleep on, your we have pillows specially made my children in Guatemala, just for you. <laughs> so you can have a good night's sleep. And it made me think about when wealthy people do evil shit, as they do all the goddamn time. And they do evil shit, there's always somebody on TV. How do they sleep at night? They sleep deep as fuck. <laughs> the deepest sleep you've ever, it's like swimming with angels. Like they do not give a fuck. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Go to these restaurants and it's like in the restaurant, there's private rooms inside the fancy restaurant. They don't even want to fucking see you chewing and shit. Like, get out of here. They don't even want to eat in the same room as you. It's in there. They all kind of shit I never ate before. Quail and rabbit and all this, you know, just like an assortment of like really adorable animals. You know what I mean? Like just all like, we eat cows and pigs, oh, like, uh, rich people eating koala bears and meerkats, you know what I mean? It's delicious. And, uh... <laughs> I 
Uh, one day I had, uh, I had a bone marrow. That was my first time. It's a fucking T-Rex Flintstone bone with no meat on it. And then they slice it in half, they season the inside. That's what you're supposed to eat. It's basically poor people food, reimagined. <laughs> and then they charge you $60 for that shit. So I had two, because I ain't paying for it. You know what I mean? And so at one point, another comedian, he had uh, some sherry. And he poured the sherry through the bone, shotgunned it into my mouth, you know? And then we high-fived on that shit. That's what rich people are doing. That's what rich people are doing, in case you're wondering. That's what we doing. I'm going back to it. Thank you, guys. That was the wonderful Janelle James. Check out her film review podcast, You in Danger Girl. Here's a comedian who was in The Last Machete before the shutdown this time last year. The topic, as you'll hear, is from a slightly less complicated time when it was a racist scandal because somebody leaked college photos of Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in brownface. Here's the very funny John McCombs. Okay, guys, so get right into it. Those who don't know, uh, Justin Trudeau, the can uh, Canada's Prime Minister and a champion of progressive policies and diversity, was rocked with a scandal over the last week as several images and a video of him emerged at parties in blackface. And his administration has been scrambling to address these offensive images, and he issued an apology, calling them a mistake, and he didn't think that they were racist at the time. And indeed, these images were taken in a foregone time when attitudes were different, life was a lot slower in 2001. <laughs> I mean, things were different back then, man. 9-11 hadn't happened. You know, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick hadn't sold their souls yet, you know? And blackface, it's still pretty fucked up then, too. It's still, <laughs> still kind of fucked up. But these images appeared in a yearbook where a young, naive Justin Trudeau was still in school as a teacher. Yes, he was a teacher. It's... <laughs> It's gotta be weird when even your students are like, hey, Mr. Trudeau, maybe we should put our thinking caps on about this one, huh? <laughs> you know he was like the cool teacher too, you know? Like he was the one who like let him curse and ride a motorcycle. <laughs> he probably just pissed off some nerd on the yearbook committee, you know? It's like, hey, Dork, make sure you get my good side. It's like, I'll make sure you get your best side. Like, yeah, man. I don't know. It's, and it's unfortunate. This is honestly an unfortunate side effect of Canada being too cold for black people, okay? This is... Too cold, not enough lotion. So naturally, Trudeau didn't have any black friends to consult about this in 2001, okay? I'm just saying, there's a supply and demand issue. There's a high demand for black friends willing to, to, willing to listen to racist questions, and it's a long callback list for the Toronto Raptors, okay? It's... I, I honestly just love every chance you get to mock another country's politics. Don't you miss that? Remember? <laughs> it's so great, man. 
Canada has been America's Gretchen Wieners for too long, okay? Yeah, once you get Regina George out of the way, turns out the Legion of Skanks is also pretty awful too, okay? And I have a lot of international friends, you know, they're always like, did you see what Trump did, you know? They always want to play the Trump card. Well, now I got a blackface card, so what's up, guys? Even Trump knows to let Kanye West rant to him every once in a while just so he can get his quarterly photo op with a black person in. It is one of those classic incidents in which, an er because an area uh, never had to directly address race, that doesn't mean it isn't racist, you know? Like, a lot of places in the North are racist. Danville, Illinois fought for the Union in the Civil War, but you can still hear old-timey racial slurs that people use there because they think they're cute. Yeah. It turns out uh, Piccaninny is a great name for, or for a loved one. Yeah. Jigaboo's adorable, though. I will say that. Jigaboo kind of sounds like what Beyonce calls Jay-Z, okay? I'm <laughs> the hard part in all this is the fact that Trudeau has traditionally been a force for good in at least addressing diversity and racism. Like, he has openly called for increasing representation of minorities and marginalized people in government and has been a voice of reason in a xenophobic and racist or sexist world. Uh, he was even deemed the internet's boyfriend. Uh, yeah, that dude, I'll, I'll be honest, he's, he's dreamy. That dude is kind of... I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it. I'll put it out there. He still, still kind of looked kind of hot in blackface, guys. He's still... I'm not gonna front. That smile was still on point, dude. That's... That's, that's the society we live in, though, you know? You're look, we're willing to... We're willing to overlook a lot of stuff for hot, for hot people, right? Like... Come on, none of you have fucked an idiot before? No, nobody in here? Then <laughs> you're just like, shh, just, shh, just, shh, shh. <laughs> It's good. Yeah, man, we never get the benefit of the doubt to the ugly people, man. Trudeau might get away with blackface, but if Mitch McConnell got so much as a tan, that dude is done. Man, this... <laughs> never, better never get his hair braided on vacation in Jamaica. That's... <laughs> so we're forced to face the decision of, uh, does a stupid, insensitive incident wipe away all the good a person has done? Do we judge people by their darkest moments, especially when there's evidence of continued behavior, or do we overlook, or do we overlook that because they are on our side and we need them for the greater good? I said, do, do we keep giving Antonio Brown more chances? Okay, is that we, we are seeing increasing incidents in which past mistakes are being used to discredit people today. And personally, I don't think it's wrong to hold people accountable, especially um, and to bring the light issues that people are apparently still ignorant of. Um, and we need to be prepared. But we also need to be prepared to be judged by the same standard. You know, 30 years from now, I'm calling it. You're going to be able to see the dick pic of every single male presidential candidate. Okay. <laughs> That is going to be an actual world that we live in. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah, you're like, I really like this guy's stance on prison reform and the economy, but his dick, though, ugh. It's like someone drew a question mark in a hurry. Like, that's... It's not a very presidential dick. It's... I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. 30 years from now, men will not be allowed to run for president. Okay, it's... <laughs> But until then, keep it quiet. Uh, just... 
Oh, man. Obvious solution to Trudeau's um, problem here. Um, dude just has to make a club banger. That's really <laughs> Yeah, that's really it. Especially among black folks. We will defend someone so long as we can still dance that shit, man. Just go to any black wedding and half the playlist has been canceled. Okay, it's... We would bump OJ if he dropped an album. I'm just saying, man. R. Kelly is a scumbag, but don't act like if the chorus of Remix of Ignition came on, you don't hum that shit, at least. And, you know, Olivia brought up Bill Clinton. He locked up tons of black people, but he played the saxophone in Ars Arsenio Hall, man. Like, Trudeau really, I think what he needs to do is team up with Drake and DJ Khaled, drop his new re-election album, Trudeau 2020, another one. That's my time, guys. Thanks. Wow. That was John McCombs, whom you'll surely be seeing again soon on comedy stages throughout Chicago. Well, one of the biggest newsmakers last week was the British broadcaster Pierce Morgan, who of course stormed off the set of Good Morning Britain and quit the show entirely claiming threats from Meghan Markle. Here now to defend himself is Pierce Morgan. Right, so shut up everybody. I'm about to say something controversial. You know, if you can handle it. And that thing is, I believe in freedom of speech. And I believe my speech was violated honestly by the woke mob in the form of lying Megan Markel or lying Megan I sometimes call her you know when I, when I even bother to think about her which is only more than incidentally because my mind brings her up on a frenzied loop I'm an innocent bystander to my own brain so it's not even my fault Right, so did I ever tell you the time about how lion Megan and I met and fell in love? I was married at the time and did what all famous television commentators do, you know, and invite an attractive woman to an hotel bar to talk about advancing a career, which of course implicitly involves coitus. And this is the unspoken arrangement of our circles to which she entered into of her own volition. You know, like a snake. However, as I regaled her on my fourth memoir, I noticed she was two martinis and a bear claw in, but wasn't like slurring her words, and I thought, hello, what is this prize? And that was a really powerful moment for me, yeah, yeah. And that's about the time I, I poured at her dress and whined about how I don't get sex. And next thing you know, she's upset, I'm built up blue as a royal testicle, but I'm hastily putting her into a cab on the way to the very same party where she met Prince Harry. Can you believe it? I mean, she broke my heart. I felt a, a connection and she violated my assumptions. And now she owes me things. That's morality. That's British morality. Sorry, not sorry. I mean, I haven't been this abused since I had this exact same exchange with Jamila Jamil from The Good Place, which the brown weatherman on my show also excoriated me for. Why do these brown bastards keep pushing back on my colonial fetishization projects? This is an outrageous display of, of cultural 
cockery, really, on, on the highest scale. If I have to fall on my sword for expressing an honestly held opinion, then so be it. So anyway, that's why Megan's a liar. And, you know, I don't believe her. I don't believe a word she says. I don't believe uh, Megan Markell is even her real name. It sounds like a superhero girlfriend name generator. Oh look, there goes Plucky Penny and Stacy Stickles and Megan Markell. It's ridiculous. She should have to prove her name is real to me. She should expend that energy, all right? It's really just, it's, it's mostly just so sad how all of this could have been avoided if she just, I don't know, either kept dating me or, or died or something. It's, it's just very sad. It's sad for Britain, really, to, to be at the mercy of a caramel liar. Didn't even get a shot at those nips. I'm an incorrigible suckler. <sighs> God, I could have given her a life of constant emotional unavailability and deep wounding petulance. Endless nagging and combativeness over any hint of a slight. I'd come home each night comfortably aggrieved after a hard day's work and bellow about how I wish Winston Churchill was my real father and Gandhi was a twat. And you know, her, her exotic body would become excited and, and slip all over my elephantine frame and we'd make love on my terms. And I would have showered her with my seed and once I had acquired completion, I'd switch over to business-like formality, just like dear old Gran. And she'd never have to go through the rigmarole of a royal PR department to seek her quote-unquote therapy. She'd only have to go through me, her protector. I'd settle it straight out. Tell her she's already Abby, she's just confused, and oh look, here's more wine. Who does she think she is passing me up for a royal? I was the bloody editor of the Daily Mirror during the phone hacking and bribery scandal that caused Rupert Murdoch and his son to resign. I flaunted the law like a rat, and that's sexy. It's her loss, the liar. You know, as the great feminist philosopher Sharon Osbourne said, I stand with you for speaking your truth. And I think she's right. The world is one big solipsistic nightmare, and I have a megaphone and a cadre of sycophants, so bugger off. It's not about what you know, it's about how you use your platform to roil up everybody you can before you lose profits. And that's literally what the American First Amendment says word for word. And the British First Amendment, you know, it doesn't even say anything, so it gives me more of a right to bludger the dialogue. I mean, look, my newest book is already a bestseller after leaving GMB, and viewership is down about half a million. So you can be guaranteed I didn't learn a bloody thing. I'm glad it worked out that way too. I thought for a second I'd have to do some introspection. But profit in relevance via outrage wins the day again. Hurrah! I think all of you in the woke crowd will be quite disappointed when I re-emerge like a droning leviathan. As I get older and more gouty and set in my ways, I'll be very interested to see what direction my unresolved anger will take me. You know, I might end up in some pretty fucked up places I wouldn't have imagined for myself a few years ago. Anyway, I believe women. I think that's what I'm trying to say. 
unless it's Megan Markell, the lawyer, or those girls who came out against Governor Cuomo, or the Roma, you know, all other women are potentially believable. But they have to be really grovelly and respectful about it, alright? Right. Okay. So, see you all in a few months, after you've forgotten all about this incident and we pretend it never happened in the endless rush of entertainment content, the structure of which I helped create. You're welcome, sort of. Piers Morgan was created and played for the Paper Machete by the brilliant Chris Hauser. And thank you for listening to this special St. Paddy's Day episode of the Machete Audio Magazine, which was edited and narrated by Christopher Pyatt, that's me, and produced by our audio engineer, Jacob Serio. In the interest of transparency... We still have, like, zero idea when we'll be allowed to return to our live show and how. But until then, please follow us closely on social media because you never know what surprises or news bulletins might pop up there. We're going to leave you with one more Irish tune for the day by the incomparable Kate Adams. As always, thank you for keeping your faith in us. And as ever, good night, Mrs. Steinberg, wherever you are. Definitely gonna need your help on this one. We're gonna uh, explore a bog together, and uh, there's a lot of really exciting things happening in this bog. Uh, I'm gonna tell you about all of them, but I will run out of breath. So as you catch on to the refrain, please, I'll take all the help I can get. We'll, we'll start slow, and then I'm gonna have to speed it up because that's just how it works. All right, this is how the refrain goes. Please join in when you can. Oh, roll a rattling bog, a bog down in the valley, oh. Oh, roll a rattling bog, a bog down in the valley, oh. And in that bog there was a hole, a rare hole, a rattling hole, hole in the bog, in the bog down in the valley, oh. Oh, roll a rattling bog, a bog down in the valley, oh. Oh, roll a rattling bog, a bog down in the valley, oh. And in that hole there was a tree, a rare tree, a rattling tree, a tree in the hole, in the hole, in the bog, in the bog down in the valley, oh, 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 rattling bog, bog down in the valley, oh, 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 rattling bog, bog down in the valley, oh. And on that tree there was a limb, a rare limb, a rattling limb, limb on the tree, in the tree, in the hole, in the hole, in the bog, in the bog down in the valley, oh, oh, oh. Rattling bog, bog down in the valley, oh, 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 rattling bog, bog down in the valley, oh. And on that limb there was a branch, a rare branch, a rattling branch, branch on the limb and the limb on the tree and the tree in the hole and the hole in the bog and the bog down in the valley, oh, 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 rattling bog, bog down in the valley, oh, 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 rattling bog, bog down in the valley, oh. And on that limb there was a branch, a rare branch, a rattling branch, branch on the limb and the limb on the tree and the tree in the hole and the hole in the bog and the bog down in the valley, oh, 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 rattling bog, the bog down in the valley, oh, 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 rattling bog, the bog down in the valley, oh. And on 
that branch there was a twig, a rare twig, a rattling twig. Twig on the branch and the branch on the limb and the limb on the tree and the tree and the hole and the hole and the bog and the bog down in the valley, oh. Oh, roll the rattling bog, bog down in the valley, oh. Oh, roll the rattling bog, bog down in the valley, oh. And on that twig there was a nest, a rare nest, a rattling nest. Nest on the twig and the twig on the branch and the branch on the limb and the limb on the tree and the tree and the hole and the hole in the bog and the bog down in the valley, oh. Oh, roll the rattling bog, bog down in the valley, oh. The nest on the twig and the twig on the branch and the branch on the limb and the limb on the tree and the tree and the hole and the hole in the bog and the bog down in the valley, oh, 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 rattling bog, bog down in the valley, oh, 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 rattling bog, bog down in the valley, oh. And in the egg there was a bird, a rare bird, a rattling bird, bird in the egg and the egg and the nest and the nest on the twig and the twig on the limb and the limb on the branch of the branch on the limb and the limb and the tree and the tree and the hole and the hole and the bog and the bog down in the valley, On the twig and the twig on the branch and the branch on the limb and the limb on the tree and the tree and the hole and the hole in the bog and the bog down in the valley. And on that wing there was a feather, a rare feather, a rattling feather, feather on the wing and the wing on the bird and the bird and the egg and the egg on the nest and the nest on the twig and the twig on the branch and the branch on the limb and the limb on the tree and the tree and the hole and the hole in the bog and the bog down in the valley. Bob, Dad! 